Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Hitting the Hardwood podcast, your home for all the latest Minnesota links and WNBA news, analysis, and coverage. Thank you for tuning in to another episode this week. I'm your host, Mitchell Hansen, and I can't believe if I'm, I'm saying it already, but we are at the end of the link season. It's hard to believe it that, you know, just it feels like a few months ago, um, you know, the regular season started, training camp started, um, and then, like it always does, in a blink of an eye, the, the season um, goes by fast, and, and the postseason goes by any faster. So, um, it, it's hard to believe, but but the the 2023 Minnesota Lynx season is over, following the the Lynx loss to the Connecticut Sun in the first round of the playoffs. Um, fun series, back and forth series. Minnesota did manage to win a game to force it to, to three games, the only series in the playoffs to do so. Um, but it, you know, it was a fun series. It was a it was a fun season. Um, you know, given you know the expectations coming into the season of Minnesota being you know a quote unquote a rebuilding team. Um, I think they they surpassed a lot of the, the expectations they they set out for this year, um, and and that's a, a testament to the job Cheryl Reeve and her coaching staff has done. It's a testament to the players and, and the cohesiveness and their willingness to put the team first. Um, and you know they built chemistry throughout the year, and and they 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 fought like hell. It it was a, a fun year to to follow this team. Uh, great personalities as always um, on this team. Um, and it was a blast to cover it. Uh, before I, I jump into the podcast um, recording this week, um, I, I first want to say thank you to all of you for for listening to the podcast as you do every week. Um, just because the season's over does not mean this podcast ends. Um, we'll continue to to churn out this podcast. Um, and now it, it, throughout the off season, it'll it, it's to be determined whether it'll be on a weekly basis if we shift it to every other week, monthly, whatever that may be. Um, but for now, we're going to keep it in the weekly format, and I'll let you know when when it's not in that format. Um, but I appreciate all of you for for listening um, all season long, for interacting with me on Twitter. Um, this is my eighth season covering the Lynx this year, um, and Lynx in the WNBA, and, and it, it's been a blast. Um, it's probably one of my favorite seasons that I've I've covered, just for the fact that um, you know I've been able to kind of cover it in a different form and a different way than I ever have. Um, and, and that's a thanks to all of you for listening every week and tuning in. Um, and, and just like I said, following the work, reading, reading my work at Windsider, Canisupis, Rotowire, Sports Betting Dime, wherever that may be, um, I, I really appreciate it. And, and you make it fun for, for me to, to be able to do what I love, and, and I appreciate everything that, that you guys do. Um, so first of all, thank you. Um, like I said, we're not going anywhere. Um, plenty more to come, written content, this podcast. Um, we're, we're not uh, going to stop uh, covering the links just because the links season is over. Um, but with that said, um, let's jump right into to this week's podcast. I'm, I'm thrilled to be joined by um, Kena Supis' Jack Borman again. Um, he's a, a friend of the podcast, um, has been on the podcast a few different times. Um, there's, a, there's a reason I keep going back to Jack uh, to kind of reflect on things because he's, he's a great um, you know, guest to have in, in doing so. Um, as far as you know, reflecting on the, on the season, on the playoffs, um, you know, kind of we kind of took a deep dive into the entire Lynx roster, uh, players we think are going to be returning and not returning, um, and, and kind of everything in between. So it, it was great to have Jack as always, um, you know, on the podcast this week and to hear his insight um, as well. Uh, but before we jump into the podcast, I just want to um, mention our Patreon page. Um, as I have all year long, patreon.com forward slash hitting the hardwood. There's where you'll find a lot of exclusive content, get a lot of exclusive perks, a lot of new uh, information you won't get anywhere else. You get a discount of the hitting the hardwood store. Anything that you can you can kind of think of, um, I, I try and offer to to our patrons. Um, you get early access to, uh, basically to everything. Um, and, and like I said, you get some bonus content, exclusive nuggets content. 
um, and, and everything in between. So please go check that out. It's patreon.com forward slash hitting the hardwood. Try free trial. Um, test it out. See if you like it. If you do like it, um, please consider um, joining as a, as a member. Um, like I said, it's, uh, um, I, I, I try and make it worthwhile. So I, I appreciate anything you guys can do um, to support hitting the hardwood and ensuring the longevity of this podcast. With that said, now let's let's jump into the podcast with uh, Canis Hoopus, Jack Borman. Jack Borman, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. How are you? Good to see you. Yeah, good to see you as well. Um, well, here we are. At, at, it's kind of hard to believe it uh, already, but we're here at the end of the year. Um, as everybody knows now, the, the the Lynx fell in the first round of the playoffs to the Connecticut Sun, um, taking the the series to three games, the only series in, in the playoffs to do so. Um, Minnesota put up a heck of a fight against Connecticut, but ultimately fell short. Um, so, Jack, let's kind of let's let's maybe recap a little bit of of the series. What what do you think of of the series now that it's over? And and kind of what were you, maybe your your main takeaways that, that you take away from that series? Yeah, I mean, my biggest takeaway is that the Lynx just didn't have enough, um, and it's it's no fault to any of the players, um, you know. And, and I don't even really think it's any huge fault to um, you know, to anybody that's making roster decisions just because, you know, they, they swung and missed it. Um, at Brianna Stewart and Courtney Vandersloot and, you know, they ended up going to New York and I think like the market and all that had a lot to do with it. And so, um, yeah, I think that, you know, they, they you know, just put out a team that, that was able to maintain the you know salary cap and, and team building flexibility that they need moving forward. They didn't do anything rash. They didn't, you know, make any, any moves that were bad. Um, and they, and they had a, a, a roster that, um, that probably overperformed a little bit. And, and, you know, I, I think that the, the way that I've been putting it is, uh, has, has played greater than the sum of its parts. Mm-hmm. Um, and Cheryl talked yesterday during exit interviews saying that, you know, she felt that, that the, the coaching staff and, and the players and, and everybody kind of came together and maximized, you know, what the group could do as a whole. And I, and I think that's a, it's a great way of putting it. And, um, you know, I think that, you know, the, the series was more so just of like a, a good measuring stick of just how far the links have to go. Um, in that, um, you know, I think especially continuity wise, that's something that they're going to have to work on, um, in that, you know, I think that they, they've constantly tried to shuffle out some pieces that, um, that really, uh, you know, fit around, uh, Nafisa Collier, um, both personality wise and on the court. Um, but, it, but, and, you know, I, I just got off the phone talking with, um, with Cheryl Reeve for an extended period of time. And, and her biggest message in that was that, you know, this team, the biggest way they're going to grow is grow internally. And, um, you know, and I, and I think that's kind of a good thing and that it, it'll give this group some, some sense of continuity. You know, you look at a team like Connecticut, and that's just a team that's been together. You know, when you look at Brianna Jones and, and Alyssa Thomas, obviously Brianna Jones wasn't playing, but, you know, that, that, you know, core trio that they have have been together now, I think three or four years and um, they've gone to the semifinals every time. Dijon Carrington's been there for a little while, Ty Harris, um, you know, and then they added Tiffany Hayes this year, who was great. And, and Heidemann's been a, a really steady handed point guard for them as well. Um, so it, it's just, you know, a, a situation where, you know, I don't think you can hang your head at all for the links. I think it's just a situation where, Connecticut was deeper. They had more, uh, at, you know, at the end of the day, they got more production from their two best players. Um, and, 
you know, they're just, they're, they're, they're complimentary players. I think uh, we're more consistent. And, you know, I think that that's bound to happen when your complimentary role players are players like Ty Harris and Carrington and, and Beck Allen and, um, you know, players that have been in this league for a while and, and the links, you know, two of their, probably their, their next two best players were, you know, Diamond Miller and Dork Uhas, who are both mm-hmm. rookies and, and then played in the playoffs before. And again, it goes back to why I just don't think that the Lynx can can be all that upset with themselves about how the series played out. I think winning that game in game two, um, given everything that happened with Fee's back giving out on her and, um, you know, they gave up this huge lead and then um, or almost surrendered the huge lead that they built and just barely made enough shots to hang on and force a game three and prove to themselves that they could do it on the road in a tough spot with their best player hurt. Um, I think it was just really uh, – you know, kind of a, a really exemplary um, game that, that just kind of exemplified their whole season in that they just fought like hell and, um, and, and left everything out there. And I think that's all you can ask for as a, as a fan of the team. Um, you know, it certainly makes it more fun to cover the team when you, when that's not a question mark. Um, and, and this team always wanted to fight together. And, and, and that really showed when fee went down and that, you know, fee's been there that whole entire time and, and look at what happened that games that fee was hurt in. Um, you know, if he gets hurt in that game, they come back and win. If he, after if he got hurt, they uh, they beat New York and they beat Connecticut on the road, um, which are no small no small feats at all, especially without an MVP caliber player. Um, so yeah, I think you know biggest takeaway is just didn't have enough, and, and they're going to need more continuity. Um, so they're just going to have to make some moves on the margins here. I, I don't think they're going to go out and make this crazy splash that um, it really elevates or changes the timeline of what they're doing. Um, but, um, yeah, I think they'll certainly look for, for places that they can help, especially, um, especially on the defensive end of the floor. Mm-hmm. You know, the one thing that kind of stood out to, to me that you just had, had said was the fact that you said, you know, this series was kind of a good kind of summation or, you know, it kind of exemplified what took place throughout the year. I think that, that hits the nail on the head. I mean, it, it, Minnesota at points maybe over overperformed and that's a credit to you know the chemistry the you know the the cohesiveness that they grew um with this group throughout the year but you know ultimately in the playoffs that that makes a difference when when you do struggle in areas that maybe you can get by you know with during the regular season those get exploited and those get you know those get brought out in the playoffs because you it is a constant chess match match between you know the two teams in the series um, now, with that said, credit to Minnesota for for not only making the playoffs after the you know the start that they had, but taking the series to three games. That's that's nothing that should be you know taken lightly because you know I I do think that that's considered a, a success coming into this year. Um, I think that Minnesota, if you would have told them that you know they're gonna you know take Connecticut to three games in the opening round of the playoffs, I think they would have taken that. Um, and, and you get that, that valuable playoff experience for a younger roster too, especially the two rookies, they have that experience. Um, you know, Joki sure. has talked about, you know, after that, that first game that she's, you know, started in the playoffs, she, you know, she kind of had that holy crap moment when she stepped on the court in the playoffs and starting as a rookie in the playoffs. And you could tell that that, you know, weighed on them a little bit, but you know, that that's the point of the whole season. Um, you know, that, that was the point of the whole season was develop and get experience and, um, you know, to kind of grow together and, and continue to build towards something greater. And and I think that's exactly what we saw all year and especially in the playoffs. Um, I, I guess when when you look at, 
um, you know, the Lynx team now that the, the season's over and we're looking back on it. Do you consider this this season a, a success? I, I initially would say yes, but would, would you view it as that as well? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, absolutely, I would. And I, and I think that, you know, if you would have told me at the beginning of the season that Nafisa Collier was going to be like the fourth best player in the NBA or the WNBA this year, um, I, I don't know if I would have believed you. Um, I mean, certainly I, I could probably see the path to it and, and how much uh, opportunity she's going to have as, as the lead dog in, in Minnesota. But um, I just don't think you can understate how massive, um, you know, her ascension into, into superstardom was this season. Um, I think independent of what their record was, the fact that um, she was that good and Kayla McBride really took her game to another level, especially as a perimeter defender. Um, I think just based off of those two things alone, you could consider this season a successful season, considering that there were no, um, you know, this is a team that's going to compete for a title expectations. Um, and, and then when you factor in uh, Diamond and Dorka, I, I think that, uh, you certainly have to consider it a success. I mean, the Lynx had two of the three most productive rookies in the league this year, um, and one of whom was drafted in the second round. And uh, that's just really, really rare thing um, in the WN or in the WNBA draft for for a player to get drafted in the second round um, and, and be able to make that big of an impact uh, in their you know in their career, let alone um, in their rookie season. And and Dorka talked about this yesterday in her exit interview as kind of a message to all the younger players out there, like don't get so caught up in the number that you get drafted, care more about the fit that you're going to and, and really prioritize that in your interviews and all that stuff, which was just so true. Um, and uh, she really brought, you know, defensive versatility uh, and offensive playmaking that I think really helped this team uh, overperform and her, her role in that was huge. And, and with diamond, especially that middle part of the year when they started to find a rhythm and win some games and, and get on those, you know, win four of five, two of three, three of four type of stretches. Um, she was really important for that in, in that stretch and, and her scoring. I mean, we saw her break her scoring record like three or four games in a row. Um, so I just think when you, when you think about it that way, it's, it's clearly a success. And then when you add in not only getting the playoffs, but, um, but being in position to beat, you know, one of the, uh, most consistent franchises in the league in a playoff series with, you know, two players that, um, you know, are top 10 caliber players in the league. Um, not to mention with an awesome stable of, of veteran complimentary players. Um, you know, that's, that's certainly a, certainly a success. And um, and something I think that the link should be excited for, because to be brutally honest with you, like, I don't know how long the Las Vegas, you know, super team is going to last. I don't know how long the New York super team is going to last. I think it's an expectation that um, Salute is going to retire after this season. Um, you know, so they'll bring, you know, Jones and Stewie and Laney and, and UNESCO back. Um, and uh, in Las Vegas obviously has gray and uh, you know, their core four all under contract now, but at the same time, you know, you just, you just don't know. I mean, there's so many injuries in this league and I think the Lynx are kind of playing in this spot where the second one of them falls and they have an opportunity to, you know, go get another player and, and add someone into, you know, really solid culture and infrastructure um, that just kind of helps raise the ceiling and the floor of the team a little bit. And that's certainly something that they'll jump at, but you know, if they can maintain the same 
kind of cohesion and, and team chemistry and and wanting to play for one another as they they add some more talent to this team and kind of raises the ceiling of what they can do. Um, it's going to be a, a fun team, uh, a really fun team to watch and to cover. And um, and I think one of the WNBA's more interesting storylines, just because we don't know what Diamond and Dorka or, and Maya Hirsch, who who could be coming over next season and, and whomever they draft with the seventh pick um, can be moving forward. And that's kind of an exciting you know part of this whole whole calculus. Mm hmm. But before we jump into to kind of what's ahead and maybe, you know, this offseason or the future, what with with the, the players that, you know, let, let's say the team that was constructed in 2023, what what are some areas that you think they need to focus on improving? Is there anything that initially stands out to you that, you know, maybe they lacked in this year? Yeah, I think uh, they need more scoring for sure. Mm -hmm. um, that that's something that I certainly would expect them to try and address at some point this, this off season. I don't know again, how many realistic options there are out there in the free agent market. Um, I think that a lot of that stuff may have to come, um, you know, may have to come through a trade um, and um, you know, and they'll do their due diligence. They'll, they'll certainly explore any free agent that they think can um, that really, first of all, fits the, the culture and the, um, and the, and the players that they have fits with the players um, as people, you know, they have on the team um, and the same thing with the trade market, like they'll explore um, they're, they're not going to be shy. They, they know they need to improve, um, but I don't think they're going to blow up this core, this, um, you know, this infrastructure, it could be a move that they make kind of on the margins where a rotation player goes out and they bring someone else back in, um, you know, who knows, but um, I really think that they just need to find stability at point guard and, find and find a way to cobble together a healthier roster. Um, now this is the third year in a row that a link season has been, um, I guess made a lot more challenging by pretty significant injury issues. Um, and again, like, you know, I, I don't think that you can pin anything on, on players specifically um, necessarily, but, but I think if you can bring in players that have, um, you know, let's just say this, focusing on bringing in players who don't have huge injury history, you know, long lists of uh, of injury problems in the past, like they have the, the past couple of seasons. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, I'd say they'd focus on point guard, um, you know, based on what, what Cheryl said, I'd, I think that they're also going to really try to focus on beefing up their um, perimeter defense as well. You know, she, she kind of said that, um, you know, we're obviously a team that doesn't have, you know, a bunch of you know, super talented scores like Las Vegas has or New York has. And, um, and, and to, to be a path to being a really good team that has to come defensively and that they're going to have to make up for that on the defensive end. And that, um, that they can't, uh, they can't be a bottom three or four defense like they were this season. Um, and she said, like, based on what the analytics say about, about their lineup data and where they were as a team defensively, offensively, uh, net rating, that that was a team that was more in line with like 12 wins, um, rather than a team that was about 500. And uh, yeah, so I'd say I'd say expect the links to try to get a little bit bigger, um, potentially. Obviously, Meyer Hirsch would go a long way and um, in getting bigger um, and then and then some some help perimeter and uh, the perimeter defense um, and also maybe shooting too. like, you know, they really only had like three shooters on their team this year and, and Kayla and um, and BC and Rachel. I mean, and, and certainly the teams hope that. Um, and the players like 
Nafisa Collier and Diamond Miller um, are going to improve his three-point shooters and even Dorka Juhas. Um, so that kind of goes into the internal growth uh, that Cheryl hammered home in her exit interview um, that, that took place on, on Thursday. But um, yeah, I, I think internal growth is going to have to be a big thing just because there's not a whole lot of external options out there. Mm -hmm. One key spot that, you know, and it all varies on, you know, what Minnesota is able to do, let's say with the point guard position or whatever they might want to do roster wise. But one key, I guess you could say spot on the bench is that aerial power spot too. Um, you know, having somebody like her now coming off the books, but having somebody like her when, when she was playing, when she was, you know, kind of at, at the the peak um, as in her time at Minnesota or in Minnesota, being that spark off the bench, being that, that, you know, kind of that, you know, that energy off the bench, that's something that, you know, this team definitely lacked this year, um, you know, and, and obviously we won't go into the AP situation and, and why she didn't get to play. Cause that's, I think that could be a whole other podcast, but um, I, you know, having somebody like that coming off the bench would, would help a lot too. And, and I think, you know, if they move Tiffany Mitchell back to the bench, maybe she could, you know, kind of serve somewhat of that role. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you that, you know, they, they definitely need to have, you know, spread out scoring. Um, they need to have options coming off the bench. You know, they need to have consistent options coming off the bench. You know, that's not a knock on, you know, BC, Rachel, um, you know, in, in some of the players that, that you had named, but they, they haven't been, you know, terribly consistent all year long. And now and when you play more, you have more consistency. And, and we saw that the more they played. Um, but, you know, it, it's something that that this team needs to work on. And, and I, you know, they'll get there. I mean, it's, you know, it's still, I'm not saying, I'm not, you know, going through this roster that, you know, this is a championship roster. They need this player, this player, and that player to, to take them to the next step. They're still trying to figure all of that out. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely agree with you in, in, in those areas. Um, they, they definitely have to improve on that next year. Um, you, when it comes to, um, you know, maybe some, some, I know we've talked about this in the, in the past, but, but who are, or maybe it's, it's dwindling down, but who are some, some names that, that you're watching? I, I know a lot of people really want, you know, the, the hot topic right now is Natasha cloud. Um, now if they're able to links are able to get her, who knows? Um, but but what do you think it'll take for you know Minnesota to maybe go out and, and dip their toes in free agency and or who um, could potentially be some names? Yeah, I think it, I think it's tough because also there's some names out there who are going to be subject to the prioritization rules. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like an Emma Musiman or um, or a Gabby Williams are obviously two phenomenally versatile um, players on the wing who you know, are likely to remain overseas next season, uh, especially when you factor in the Olympic um, or uh, the Olympic break that we'll have too. And, and, and all that stuff um, and some national team responsibilities that, that will play into that. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it's uh it's kind of slim pickings to be honest with you on the, on the free agent side of things, at least, um, you know, Washington is probably the biggest team to watch considering that they've got, um, you know, they've got Deladon, who's a free agent, and she didn't exactly, uh, they didn't exactly, uh, or, or she didn't exactly say that she would be back in, in D.C. Um, you know, she said that the most important thing for her is she wants to win. And, you know, who knows if she believes that's in, in D.C. or otherwise. And then, um, you know, and then you think about somebody like Natasha Cloud also, like those are probably the two biggest realistic uh, gettable players that are on the market. Um, and 
Yeah. I mean, Natasha Cloud is is obviously, you know, one to watch for, you know, just the fact that, that she's one of probably the five best perimeter defenders in, in the WNBA and, and bring some of that um, that playmaking ability that they need at the point guard position. Um, I could see them also trying to go after a shooter and a versatile defender like Beck Allen is somebody who can do a lot of different things. Um, you obviously saw her value in game three, the way that she chased Kayla McBride around. Um, so she's somebody who, you know, potentially could get a bigger offer in Minnesota than she might be able to get, um, from Connecticut. So that's, that's certainly an option. Um, and then, you know, you, I think it was you that, that, uh, talked about, uh, Courtney Williams, uh, as an option as another good, you know, player who can get her own shot. Um, it was really competitive player and, and certainly would have fit into the, um, you know, the really hard nosed and, uh, and passionate and, and, and really having just such a will to win um, among those players. Another player that I think, you know, if they're, if they're trying to bring in more, more versatile, um, you know, versatile players on the wing, um, you know, a player like Alana Smith from, uh, from Chicago is a really, really solid player off the bench for them this season. Um, you know, obviously a, a six woman of the year candidate there. Um, so that, that, I mean, but other than that, man, I mean, there's just not that many, other names out there that have, that have signed, um, you know, that have signed deals. And then everyone else is just frankly, you know, kind of, you know, getting close to the sunset uh, of their, of their career. I mean, you look at somebody like Tiffany Hayes is 35, Deladon's 35, Skylar Diggins is 34. Um, you know, Jasmine Thomas is 34. Um, and, and so, you know, I just don't think the Lynx have had a whole lot of luck and with, you know, some of those older players that they brought in staying healthy. Um, and, and again, like, I don't think the links are going to force it. Um, they're certainly not going to spend their cap space if they don't have to, in the sense that they're not going to do what they did three years ago, where they, you know, felt like they were a move or two or three away from, you know, from being able to be one of the best teams in the league. Um, so, you know, who knows? Um, it'll be, it'll be really interesting to see considering that, uh, you know, I think the only advantage the links have going for them is, is like I said, with Beck Allen, they might be able to price out some of these, uh, you know, some of these incumbent teams um, just because the Lynx can probably afford to overpay a little bit for a player for the next, you know, whether it's a one-year deal or, or two-year deal or something like that. Mm -hmm. I'm also curious to see, like, you, you know, let's say they do strike out in free agency again. Um, you know, do they do they try? And it's not very common that we see it happen, but do they try and maybe trade, you know, trade that that pick that they have, maybe a player or whatever it may be, um, a pick or a couple picks to to go try and grab a player that can just come in right now. Um, that'll be intriguing too, because I mean, I don't know necessarily, you know, everybody talks about, you know, you know, well, it, with the exception of this year, I guess, um, you know, the, the links don't like rookies, you know, everybody always, you know, says that, that they don't like the youth, um, you know, and, and that's just something I think it's more so where, you know, Cheryl kind of has a mindset of, if I can get a player that can help me now, why would I, why wouldn't I? And, and yeah. that, it'll be interesting to see if, if that happens. Um, I would imagine that they, you know, they're, they're looking, everything's on the table at, at, you know, at this point and leading up to the new year, but I'm intrigued to see if, if a trade happens as well. Yeah. I think they'll explore something. It's just a matter of like, right now it's so hard to, right suss out which players might be a, might be gettable mm -hmm. um so who knows yeah um 
I, and you don't have to to answer beyond um, a yes or no for this, but I'm I'm gonna if you don't mind just go through the roster and if you want to give me a yes or no of of you if you think that somebody's gonna return or um, if you think that they're not gonna return in 2024. Um, but we'll we'll do with outside of the the starting five because I think that's very obvious. But let's start with um, somebody who we didn't see this year, Natalie Chano. Do you think that she is back in 2024? No. How about Lindsay Allen? Yeah, I think Lindsay will be back in in, in some capacity. I think that's one that's one that could be interesting depending on on uh, a trade. But yeah, I think she'd be back. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm not keeping contracts into account for this. I'm literally just looking at the roster. So yeah. uh, obviously, you know, a trade could happen or whatever. But um, how about uh, Rachel Bannum? I think Rachel will. Yeah, I mean, she's just so important to, to the fabric of that team and, um, you know, and, and, and how close they were as a team on and off the floor. Um, you know, and not to mention she shot 41, 42% from three this year. Like, they just, they need that. Um, yeah. So... I agree with that. I think she'll she'll definitely be back. Um, Bridget Carlton, how about her? Yeah, I'd be I'd be really surprised. Um, the other thing people should probably factor into this is that Rachel Bannum and Bridget Carlton were bridesmaids in Afisa Collier's wedding. Um, and I mean, when you're really really close with the best player on the team, and you also fit in really well with the culture of the team, and you are two of the three best shooters on the team, like it's probably going to be pretty hard unless you get a, you know, a contract that's, you know, a better offer. But, but, you know, I, I think, I think both of those two are, are pretty strong locks to, to be back on the team. Mm-hmm. How about Nina Milich? Nina is the, probably the biggest, I, I think could be yes, could be no. Um, just in that, I don't think they, they got as much as they were hoping. Um defensively or rebounding wise um i think you saw you know cheryl didn't really trust her all that much based on playing nafisa collier at the five um i think that wasn't necessarily a here's what fee can give us that we haven't tried yet it's more they weren't getting enough of um enough of the things you traditionally get from a five from millich in that that game and, and that series as a whole um especially if Maya hirsch comes over um I'd say that it's probably a tougher road back. I mean, she is going to be a reserve free agent. So um, yeah. And, and she's not going to be subject to prioritization rules because she's only played in the WNBA for two years now. So, um, you know, she certainly has some of that stuff going for, but if you made me pick one or the other, I'd probably say no. And let's see here. Um, Ariel powers. No, I think, I think that one's pretty obvious. Um, and the last player is is somebody who's under contract, but this one is kind of, I go back and forth on this one, Jess Shepard. Yeah, I think Jess will be back. Um, you know, I, I think that Jess and Fee play really, really well together. Um, and show really, really covets um, mm-hmm. versatile bigs who can do a lot of different things. And um, I think you saw how much they inverted the offense this year with guards screening for bigs and, you know, bigs that can handle the ball. And when you think about a potential, you know, big rotation that includes Shepard, Hugh Haas, and, and maybe Hirsch, depending on, you know, what they, you know, what she looks like in camp and, and how she may fit into things um, if she does come over, um, you know, because she's a really versatile five with perimeter skills, can, you know, make those high-low passes, can shoot it, can, um, so she'd fit right. I mean, having three bigs that can, that can play that way and, and come off of a ball screen as a handler and, and play make for other people like, um, you know, 
who knows who knows like what what that big rotation could unlock for for the offense so um i i think jess is going to be back um you know i think there there's some players that are some really big fans of jess internally and um and again like she's she's been a really good rebounder too which is something that this team needs and they really struggled to rebound the ball when she was out um so yeah i mean she does have an unprotected contract and i think if they they did make a trade um you know, that's probably the most sizable salary that you could use considering that um, I don't think you want to move either of the rookies on those deals um, and Tiffany Mitchell's protected contract. Um, but again, I think the links can move future first considering now that they'll, they'll have in a, in essentially four rookies um, or excuse me, two rookies with Hirsch and, and who they, you know, draft at number seven. Um, so I, I, I wouldn't imagine they use Jess's contract in a trade i'd be really surprised by that so and, and i mean plus two just think about it like getting rid of jess for for an unknown essentially in hirsch like you don't know what she's going to be able to bring you in year one um there's going to be growing pains i mean there could be um you know it's just like do you trust her to play 15 18 minutes a game or, or a larger role even if dorka gets in foul trouble like i just i, I think the answer is probably no mm-hmm. um so i'd be pretty shocked if if jess wasn't wasn't back Mm-hmm. I'll be interested to, to, and this is a good problem to have, but watch the battle between Dorka and Jess next year. Yeah. Um, and, and who wins that starting spot? Cause I think it's, it's kind of a toss up right now. I mean, Jess is, she's phenomenal when she's on the court, but that's, that's the downside of, of her. She, you know, she hasn't been able to stay healthy. Um, so I, I'm intrigued. To, we've talked about this before, just that, that battle of, of those two. And, and I don't think it matters who starts, but you know what I mean? It, it, it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. Yeah, and I think the luxury that the Lynx have is that they have a lot of similar skills and that they're both, um, you know, really comfortable handling the ball on the perimeter and can help, um, you know, get a speedy guard like Tiffany Mitchell going, um, can make corner kickout passes to somebody like Bridget Carlton or Rachel Bannum in the corners. Um, so I think either one of them would fit pretty well with with what they want to do. Um, I think, uh, you know, they bring different things on the defensive end of the floor, whereas, you know, Jess is stronger. Um and just has a broader frame and probably is going to be able to match up better with somebody like Alyssa Thomas, for instance, just somebody that's, that's a really strong player, wants to be really physical, wants to play inside. Whereas I think Dorka is probably a little bit better laterally um, and is a little bit stronger of a rim protector um, when she's not, you know, defending a post up or something like that. Um, so it, and, and just too is a better rebounder. So um, it'll be, you know, there's kind of give and take with it. And I think it'll all kind of come down to, um, you know, what bench lineups they want to get to and, and, and kind of when you get to the point where it's a mix of starters and, and bench players on the floor, it's going to really come down to, I think more of like, what do you want your blended lineups to look like? And like, what matchups do you want to try to get to? Are there two man combinations? Like you really like, maybe you, you really like, um, that Jess and fee combo. And so you want to try to get to that. Maybe you want to have, um, Jess out there more with Diamond Miller to try to help Diamond unlock some cutting aspects like uh, the off-ball aspects of her game. Maybe um, you really want Dorka in there with Fee just because you have a ton of length. Like there, there's a lot of different ways they could go. Um, but yeah, I think that's going to for sure be the most interesting roster uh, rotation like training camp battle that we'll see. You know, depending upon um, uh, depending upon what the point guard situation ends up being. Yeah, absolutely. Um, shifting away from the links a little bit, um, I just kind of wanted to talk a little bit about the rest of the playoffs. Um, how, how do you think that the two semifinal series will, 
will uh, pan out and who do you ultimately think is going to meet in the finals and, and your ultimate champion this year? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think that, I think that there'll be sweeps on both sides. Um, you know, people might be surprised by that. Um, just considering how explosive Dallas's offense has been this year. And, um, and I think they've beaten the, the aces this year already, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but, uh, the sun have the only team, the sun haven't beat this year, the Liberty, I think the Liberty are peaking at the right time. I think they've, they've really figured out a way to, uh, to kind of integrate John Quell Jones into what they're doing. Cause that was, you know, the biggest thing I remember we were talking at the midway point of the season, like, Hey, whatever happened to John Quell Jones, you know, was she hurt, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. Cause we just didn't really hear or see much of her. Um, but they've really figured out a way to, uh, to get her more involved. I like the way that they've, they've gotten Sabrina is more of a, you know, really, really high volume three point shooter playing off the ball. Um, and I mean, what Brianna Stewart does in the back line of that defense to quarterback, call out everything, um, protect the rim, guard the ball. I mean, she would have been my vote for defensive player of the year personally. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Asia's awesome. And, and what the aces do, I mean, they, like Chelsea gray and Asia Wilson as a one, two punch. And then, Oh, by the way, you like Jackie, Jackie young or Kelsey plum could get you 30 on any given night. Like, yeah, I just don't think that Dallas has the defense to be able to um, slow down like two of those four in any one game. And I think that, you know, they're explosive offensively, but if you want to try to get into, you know, an offensive shootout with arguably the greatest, you know, offensive team in the history of the WNBA, like good luck. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I you know, I, I feel really confident that we'll get the matchup we all thought we'd get in the finals this year. Um, and I'd actually go with the Liberty. Um, the reason why I'd go with the Liberty, I think they're a deeper team. Um, it doesn't sound like Candace Parker is close to returning, um, which is just kind of a bummer for, for people that were hoping to, to see everybody fully loaded going in. Um, but when you can bring such a crafty player like Johannes off the, off the bench, the way that she's able to get shooters going and get into the paint and run that baseline to, to unlock things, um, you know, on the backside for that, that offense, um, and then you also can bring Kayla Thornton off the bench. Um, so they've got their their first seven is just really strong. I mean, Steph Dolson, too, is is a player with a lot of playoff experience. Um, and then, you know, when you think about it with, uh, you know, with Las Vegas, it's just a, a situation where, like, I think you're going to have to uh, I think you're really going to have to uh, try to turn it into, uh, you know, just a shootout. And I think. um you know, New York can, can really score at all three levels. Um, and I'm not saying that, that Vegas can't obviously, cause the aces are, you know, are obviously tremendous with um, you know, with what they're able to do. But I do think that, that uh, the Liberty have a huge, huge advantage in John Quell. Like, I just don't think the aces have anybody that can, um, that can really slow John Quell down. Like Asia is awesome. And she's probably the best rim protector in the league, but you know, John Quell can go through her. And John Quell has a really, really good post game. She can face up. She can pass it off the block. Um, and they might have to bring two to John Quell. And if you can, and if you have to bring two to John Quell, like she's just going to, you know, I think she's just going to pick your defense apart um, with what she's going to do. I mean, she's a WNBA MVP for, for a reason. Um, so I, I'd probably say, I'd probably say Liberty and four um, is my, my finals prediction because it's best of five um in in the finals this year right mm-hmm. yep, yep. yeah so finals and, and finals yeah so 
man, it's just such a travesty. We won't get seven games of that, but, but I'd say, I'd say, uh, I'd say Liberty and four, just because I think they're more well-rounded and, and they're a deeper team. And I think that's going to matter, especially when you've been playing playoff basketball for over a month. Mm-hmm. I do. Uh, I do agree with, with everything you said with that said, I'm going the opposite direction. I, uh, I Dallas I'm, wings winning the, winning the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sweep sweep in the inverse um no i i I would say i think the aces are going to sweep um i do agree with you there i think the liberty are going to win uh or they're going to beat connecticut in four um and then i i I think i'm going to go with with the aces in five i i do think it's going to go a full five games um it's it's going to be a fun series Uh, just that that chess match to see who can who can come out on top i I, you know, I'm intrigued. The reason I like um, your pick of, of New York is kind of like what you said, they're peaking at the right time. And when you get hot in the playoffs, you can never underestimate that. Um, and, you know, I, especially going up against a team that could potentially, you know, end both the first round and the semifinals in sweeps, you know, that sometimes, you know, when they, when they get, you know, knocked in the mouth, it, it, it takes a little bit for them to recover. Um, and, and I'm, I'm intrigued to see how the aces are going to bounce back. Obviously they're battle tested. They won the title last year. They they've been here before they know what they're doing, but, um, yeah, I, I, I think it's a, it's a toss up for me, um, with the finals of, of who, who could win it in five games, but I, I think I'm going to go with the aces cause they're just, they're, they're too tough, but it, it'll yeah, be, fun I mean, to watch. I, I think the aces, I mean, if Alicia Clark can continue to play the way that she's playing and, you know, I could see them also trying to put Kia Stokes and, and Asia on the floor together to try mm-hmm. and defend John Quell if that becomes a thing and have Asia follow Stewie around on the perimeter more, which I think could be interesting. Um, there'll just be some, it'll be fun to see how they match up. And if, you know, it's a 15 point game in game one, how, you know, the team that lost might try to, um, you know, might try to counteract that. I, I just, I think tactically it's going to be, it's going to be a ton of fun just because um, any of the teams like top four players um, could be the offensive focal point of the game. Like we've seen Courtney Vandersloot have 2010 games in the play. I mean, she was incredible that whole playoff run that they, they won the title in Chicago. Um, and then like Chelsea Gray, Chelsea Gray could have 32 points and eight assists and no turnovers in a game. Like mm-hmm. it's just going to be so fascinating to see like, how different each of those games are within the finals. Um, but yeah, just knock on wood that, uh, that both of these teams stay healthy and we get, yes. a, we get a, as close to fully loaded finals as we can. Yes, I agree. I, it, health and good basketball. It, it, it's my favorite time of the year. I love once you get into the best five series, I, I just love it. It, and, and, you know, you know, we, as much as you can as you're a reporter you try not to be biased but when you're not when a team that you're not cover you know well the links are not in it anymore so you know our kind of i don't know focus is not on them anymore so now we can just kind of take it all in and, and enjoy the rest of the playoffs so to me that's enjoyable as much as it's enjoyable to watch you know or cover a team that's in the finals or you know a championship caliber team it's also fun to kind of take a step back and just watch it as a fan too so that that'll be fun to be able to enjoy that the rest of the rest of the playoffs so yeah i mean i think chelsea gray is like my favorite player in the league so it's gonna be it's gonna be so much fun to see her see her get after it in the uh in the playoffs yeah i agree well jack i appreciate it um 
uh, I had a blast. Uh, we're not done, but I had a blast, uh, you know, covering the the links all season long with you and, and the rest of the group uh, at Canis and uh, appreciate all your work. Appreciate you having me on the team this year. And um, like I said, more to come. We'll, we'll definitely be, definitely be cranking some more stuff out here, uh, you know, in in the coming weeks and then throughout the off season too. But I appreciate, appreciate, appreciate you, man. <laughs> yeah, no, man, it's been getting me to choke up. No, I'm just kidding. I was, <laughs> Uh, it's been a ton of fun this season um and i, I think next season will be more fun um and and hopefully the um you know the coverage will take another step forward as well i mean bringing you on was was awesome and and thought this was you know the best season of, of coverage we've had yet so um excited to, to continue to grow that and uh and, and really looking forward to uh to wrapping some stuff up here getting to the off season and uh and see how they're going to reload next season i think it's going to be uh be really interesting um you know to see how seismic of changes they're going to be willing to make are what trades may come up um, that type of thing and who they take seventh overall. I mean, you know, this is a really deep draft in terms of players that they could contribute right away. So it'll be, um, it'll be really fun to see. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, we'll have to, uh, we'll have to do this again at some point this off season and, and kind of check in on, on how things are doing. And um, like I said, appreciate you joining the podcast, you know, all your coverage this year and uh, everything in between. So Appreciate you, and we'll talk soon. Yeah, you're the best, man. Thank you. Thank you once again to Jack for joining the podcast this week. Um, you know, as I mentioned at the end of that podcast, it's it's great to to work alongside Jack, to call him a friend, um, call him a colleague, um, and and to to you know at the beginning of the year, um, Jack graciously asked me to join the Canis Hoopus uh, team, and it's one of one of the best things I've done. Um, it, it's been great to work alongside Jack, Leo, Benny, um, the rest of the Canis Hoopus crew. Um, to, to cover the links this season, um, to work alongside them, um, and to, uh, you know, to be able to, to offer a lot of you some, some top-notch, you know, links coverage and, and information and stories and, uh, you know, podcasts, whatever it may be. Um, it, it's great to, to be able to talk to Jack and, and to kind of pick his brain on things. Um, I think he's probably sick of uh, me texting him, uh, which I'm surprised that my number's not blocked. Jack, don't get any ideas. Um, but, um, you know, I, with that said, I, I appreciate everybody that, um, you know, it, it, I work alongside at, at Canis Hoopus that goes beyond Canis Hoopus that goes to Windsider, that goes to Rotowire, that goes to Sports Betting Guy and all the, all the places that I, I do work. It goes to, um, um, you know, people I work with at, at, with producing this podcast. It's everybody I work with. I'm, I'm you know, I kind of have to pinch myself sometimes. I'm lucky to, to be able to do what I do and to, to work alongside the people that I um, call colleagues and friends. So um, I appreciate Jack, everything that he's done for me personally, um, and and everything that he does for the links in the WNBA. So we'll we'll definitely have Jack on again soon. I also want to give a shout out to Jeremy Rushing. Um, I, he produces this podcast for us every week. Does a great job with that. Um, so I, I appreciate you, Jeremy, and everything that that you do for the podcast, and will continue to do for the podcast. It's great. It's been great working with you. Um, I also want to give a shout out, one last shout out to our um, our, our partners um, at Hitting the Hardwood here, Homage and Better Edge. Um, first thing, our first one is Homage. Homage, you know, I've, I've been talking about it all year long. Homage has some of the best uh, merchandise, some of the best clothing um, items, some of the best gear that, that you can buy. Um, some vintage gear, some some modern gear. Um, I have their Lynx basketball or Lynx basketball, Lynx t-shirt and Lynx hoodie which I love in the WNBA charcoal uh, t-shirt. Uh, please go check them out, homage, that's H-O-M-A-G-E.com. Um, and, and 
and just check out their their merchandise that they have. Not not only WNBA but um, other sports as well. Um, the second one is Better Edge. Uh, Better Edge, Minneapolis-based company, sports betting company um, or that that owns runs a, a sports betting platform. It's one of my favorite platforms that that I have used and continue to use today. Um, I I will you know throughout the playoffs I'll be doing WNBA playoffs. I'll be doing some um, competitions, some pick'em competitions with everybody. You can come uh, take my money and and bet against me and try and beat me. Um, odds are you will because I, uh, if my track record uh, based on how I've done this year plays out the rest of the year, um, I'm terrible. Um, but uh, come take my money. Um, it's cheap. It's usually only a dollar um, to join the league, and, and you can and win yourself some money while while you know betting on some basketball and, and uh, um, using the the Better Edge platform, which is very user friendly and very easy to use. So please go check them out. It's betteredge.com, B-E-T-T-O-R edge.com. If you go, if you're a first time user and you go visit betteredge.com forward slash links, use the promo code links L-Y-N-X and get a free twenty dollars in free play. Um, so go check them out. Use a promo code and. Um, go go bet on some games, bet on some sports, basketball, whatever other sport you want to want to bet on. You certainly can do so. So with that said, um, thank you for following along all season long. Um, like I said, this podcast will continue into the off season um, and as we are officially in the Minnesota Lynx off season. It'll be interesting off season to see, interesting off season to follow for for what the Lynx do and what they're able to do. Um, so I, I will will have more on that um, in written content form and in the, in podcast form and audio form for for you all to consume. Um, so please uh, make sure you're following me on, on Twitter on social media. You can follow me on Twitter at m underscore hansen thirteen. That's h a n s e n thirteen, um, and you'll be able to get all the latest information, whether it's podcast related or uh, written content wise. You can also follow this podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, on Twitter at hitting hardwood on Instagram and Facebook, Hitting the Hardwood. Um, So please go check all of that out. Um, With that said, um, thank you for tuning into another episode this week, um, and I hope you enjoyed the rest of the playoffs, um, and I hope you uh, were able to appreciate and enjoy the the 2023 Minnesota Lynx season. Um, So with that said, I will talk to you guys next Tuesday. Thank you for listening. Have a great week.